I can't hear it, it's all fuzzy. Welcome to the Power of Synergy. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. As a relationship coach, I teach people, my clients, my friends, and my family members who want to have better relationships, the dynamics of synergy. Humans are energy. We have energy. We have a heart and mind, a body and a spirit that makes us a soul. When we interact with the people that mean the most to us in life, we become more powerful as souls because we come together. Today, our show is going to be about something very important. The title of the show is somewhat humorous, but it's a very serious topic. Before I share that story and explain the topic, I want everyone to stop, men and women, to stop and ask yourself, how do you feel about women? That could be yourself. That could be someone you know, just in general. What's your overall feeling about women? The show today, is every woman a scab? A scab? What's a scab? (laughs) It's something that your body creates to cover a wound. Well, it's kind of an annoying thing. Is it a bad thing? Let me give you a little background about that story. One day I was walking in a place I wasn't real familiar with, and in a public area, there were some people who were talking. A couple of men were talking, and they looked at me. I looked back at them. They seemed friendly enough, so I thought, well, we can go ahead and share in this dialogue. What are they talking about? Well, they were talking about different topics about the issue of women and how women are just annoying. And I thought, you know what, there's part of me kind of wants to be involved in this conversation, but it's more about curiosity. So I listened, but I didn't respond. Well, what, what was this point? What was the, well, there were other things that they were talking about. And I thought, you can't really stick to one subject. I don't know that I want to get involved in this conversation. But then one of them said, well, you know, every woman's a scab. And the other man laughed and said, well, of course. I said, what, what's that? <laughs> what do you mean by that? I did definitely need to get involved at this point. Well, he said, how do you spell scab? S-C-A-B. You know, women, they're stupid and crazy and annoying and boring. And I thought, hmm, okay. Yeah, this is definitely a conversation, not only because I thought, well, he's saying that to be provocational, not provocative this provocational, but there was something, something behind that that I was very curious about. So I said, you know, I'm interested in, do you think I'm a scab? You don't even know me, but you're expressing interest in me. Does that mean you would get into a relationship with someone that you think is a scab? You know what? Why don't you tell me what scab means? Okay. Stupid and crazy and annoying and boring. Okay. Let's talk about stupid. (laughs) Are all women stupid? And he said, well, they really don't understand the things that are important in life. They make a big deal out of nothing. So, yeah, I think that's really stupid of them. And I thought, okay, what about the crazy part? And he said, well, they get so overly emotional about everything that they can take something that's, you know, it's, it's important to talk about, and they turn it into a crisis. Why do they have to make everything a crisis? And it's not even that big a deal And I said, okay, well, maybe that is sheer insanity. Okay, what about annoying? And he said, well, everything is going just fine, and then they have to to get all of these little things that don't even have anything to do with what you're doing or what you're saying or what you're being, and they're just little unnecessary things to make the situation more difficult. Yes, that's really annoying and unnecessary. And I said, and that doesn't sound very boring to me. The last letter of that is B. Boring or was that a mistake? And he said, no, 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 they're boring. You know, when you're having fun, when you're having real fun doing things that, like with your friends, they never get involved. All they want to do are the boring things in life, you know, the responsibilities and the jobs. And even when you're doing something around the house or 
they're taking care of something. They, they don't even know how to make fun things happen in those boring times in life. If you really want to, you can make things interesting and fun. And I said, okay, well, you know what? I certainly know women who behave in one of the ways that you've described, but let's go ahead and think about S-C-A-B. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to change those letters around. Not to a different word, just different words represented by each letter. Yeah, let's go ahead and start with S. I, I think, quite frankly, I think that women are strong. <laughs> They're very strong, not necessarily physically as strong as a man, but they have uh, an endurance and they have the force the sheer force of willpower, they're able to do a lot of physical and mental and emotional things that demand fortitude. That's what that means to me. We're creative. I think women are creative because you have to be resourceful. All of the different things that you have to do during the day, yeah, you definitely have to learn to multitask. That's a creative ability to think about things and get things done. The A, you know what? I just think women are amusing. I think that a lot of the things that they do, some of them are annoying, but you know what? A lot of them, depending on how you interpret what they've done or if you get involved with them, emotionally vested in them, they can bring you pleasure during the most difficult, challenging, or overwhelming times in your life because their sense of humor is so different from yours. If she feels like you're with her, yeah, she can actually be amusing and, and beautiful. Yeah, we all know women are beautiful. Enough said, right? And no, no man is ever really going to deny that simply because the truth is men love women. They think they're beautiful in so many ways. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. So at this point, we've been talking for quite some time, and I could see who is getting very interested in me. I don't want to say turned on because that can mean different things to different people, but he was very engaged in the conversation, and I could see he was kind of playfully trying to make a pass at me. One of the first things I said to him was, you know what? I have a very strict policy about being with men. I'm married, have been for a long time, will be for a lot longer, and I have a very strict policy. I'm never sexual with any any man except my husband, and that's never going to change. Well, he was pretty impressed with that, but at the same time, that almost made him more determined. Okay. Let's go ahead, and I just said, you know what, it's been really nice talking to you. I'm going to go ahead and take off now. I have places to be and things to go and people to do. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Was that a joke? I was being amusing. And so he followed me and continued talking, and he said, you know what, I really do need to use the restroom. I was going to my hotel room because I was doing some work out of town. He said, I really, I really do need to use the restroom. And I said, I have a very strict policy, not only about who I'm going to be sexual with, but who I allow into my room. My husband and I made an agreement. The reason why he allows me to travel out of town and stay in hotel rooms without him is because not only do we establish what our terms and conditions are, but we always respect and follow through on what we promised. That's not going to change today. And he just said, if I could just find a woman like you, I wouldn't act this way. And so I said, no, actually, if you behave differently, women like me would be attracted to you. I want you to know there's absolutely nothing attractive about you to me. If you met my husband, you would see what kind of man he is and why I'm willing to do and be things for him, with him that I'm not willing to do and be with other people, for other people. I was a virgin when I got married. He's the only man I've ever been with. I don't regret that decision because it was worth the investment. Wow, okay, so that was really something impressive to him. Ladies, I want to talk to you directly today. And gentlemen, if you want to go ahead and uh, make a comment, if you want to ask me a question, go ahead and feel free to call into the station. I understand that there are going to be people who are thinking about it and they may have another, another time where they want to ask something. I still have my show on on Sundays at noon Pacific time. 
That's 2 Central Standard Time, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. If we have something that we need to talk about at great length, let's go ahead and do it. I'm on twice a week now. Okay, so let's think about women and what they really do as opposed to what they are, okay? Because sometimes as women, we have to do things that don't really make a lot of sense to the people around us, but our responsibility is very important in society, that what we are expected to do, bottom line is, we're just very multifunctional. And so when we have a high performance standard and we're, we are very successful in the things in life that are important, sometimes we don't really stop and take an inventory of ourselves. A really great example that I use every single time I talk to people about this is putting the mask on yourself. The whole point of that in the case of an emergency is you are not going to be capable of high-functioning performance if you're suffocating. How important are you and how well do you tend to yourself when your needs present themselves. Okay, so now there are different things in society that are expected of us and then other things that we expect of ourselves. The media doesn't help. We can all agree, yeah, what we see and what we hear around us all the time, it's very high pressure. It's really for the cause of social influence, social power, capitalism, how much of what we see on the news, on the television, on movies, what we hear even, how much of those things are about making ourselves more appealing to other people in a superficial way? Most of it. Okay, well, you know what? That actually puts us in a bad mood because all the message, the underlying message in that is you're not good enough. How in the world are you ever going to feel fulfilled and satisfied and happy if you know you're not good enough? At least if you wonder if you're good enough, that's never going to be good for you. And it's certainly not going to be good for the people around you. That could be your friends. It could be your family. It could be your colleagues because your negative energy is going to be very contagious. So when we're talking about things like (laughs) when the man said stupid, well, what really is that when it comes to daily life activities? Men and women can be equally unintelligent, not only in the decisions that they make, but in the way they carry them out. Sometimes we have to keep in mind the synergy We have power. We have social power to create things with people. Everybody that we interact with or that we act around or that we make decisions who are affecting other people. Okay, so the fact is there is a short-term and a long-term perspective. It's not smart to do things that are the easiest to do in the moment, but the world that we live in really does put pressure on us, and sometimes that's just the easiest thing to do. How about crazy? All right, ladies, come on. Let's go ahead and answer this honestly. How often do you feel crazy just because the world we live in, the lifestyle that it has created for us, is insane? How many hours a day are you expected to perform in a high level, right, high yield level and have that that good high quality as well as the high quantity, it doesn't make any sense. It's time to stop and say, wait a minute, let me figure out what really works for me because then when I'm in a high quality state, I don't have to be high quantity yield for the people around me. They will be satisfied. How about annoying Let me ask you this, when you're driving, it doesn't even have to be rush hour traffic. I've noticed this in Phoenix. When the people around us are being aggressive and inconsiderate, 
and rude personally, directly to us, not just in the way that they don't obey the law, but they don't even take the time to consider things like pedestrians. The pedestrian has a right of way, and you know what? When someone doesn't want to stop, that creates negative energy. Well, you know what? That road rage, that's that's just, that's not always about rage. Sometimes it's just about sheer irritation. And when people are irritated, that is extremely contagious. The synergy can actually take something that's positive. It's potentially even a very good thing. And mix in that annoyance, it's going to not only devolve into something harmful, but also augment into something very contagious. Boring? I don't think so. I'm just going to disagree with him right there <laughs> because women are not boring. If anything, they're, they're too interesting. They're too entertaining. The fact that the way you perceive their very, very interesting behavior can be positive or negative. Obviously, it's in the eye of the beholder. But boring just means having fun someone else's way according to their definition. Well, okay, men and women usually define fun things very differently. So if we think about it in terms of okay, well, what's fun for this other person? I'm going to participate, invest, right, in this other person, this other activity, because long-term, big picture, I can see that the fun that I will have, not just right now with that individual sharing that experience with me, but also a receptive energy from that person as a return on the investment. Yeah, that's a really good that's a really good way to look at it. When we're thinking about doing things that are entertaining for us, yeah, that's nice, but doing things for other people, that's even better. Do you believe that there's more joy in giving than there is in receiving? You need to ask yourself that question too, because that's going to determine a lot of what you end up doing in life. Okay, so let's then talk about how we can go ahead and become not only a scab that you want to pick off and make things bleed, but the kind of scab that's a protection and a healing that the body creates in order to be better, to fix a problem and to improve a situation in a healthful and balanced way. You know what? Ladies, when we're strong... Strong can be, uh, for the S, the strong can be in a healthy or an unhealthy way. It all depends on what you use your strengths to do. Yeah. Strength just means a lot of potential, a lot of capacity to do very, very difficult things. Well, the difficult things that need to be done, how many of them in your life are vitally important to the well-being of yourself, your friends, your family, your job, your world. Use that strength in a healthy and objective way. Creative. This is the one I really do love. How in the world can we get so many things done with that C, creative, ability, and still make it seem like, yeah, no problem, because we multitask. Now, that means that the synapses in our brain, because men and women have the exact same number of synapses, the same amount of electric energy in our brain, the difference is women go from one side of the brain to the other, where men just usually stay in one part, one location, one side of the brain. Now, when we have the ability to go back and forth and back and forth, there are very different things that the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain do, doing them simultaneously. The more things that we do, the actual less work it becomes because it's not just on autopilot that we're able to do it, but it's in a multitasking way. The condensation of energy and the composition of thought augment. Using part, this is, this is really true because 
so much of what we as women have to do in life. There's no way you're going to make it if you don't learn to laugh. You have to be able to laugh. When you are going through some of the toughest things in your life, not only is that cathartic, healing for you, but it's contagious for other people. And where they might be in an otherwise toxic situation, they're going to go ahead and decompress because the chemicals that are released when we laugh are very powerful. And when people see us laughing, not necessarily with them, just around them, they're curious about what it was. And when they can feel our positive energy, their energy does become positive as well. We can be very funny if we want. And then be the beautiful. Now, this is what I want to talk about to a certain extent. Yeah, that's aesthetic. Beauty is external. Let's just start there. Ladies, (laughs) men's bodies, okay, yeah, they're nice and they're very useful. Our bodies are amazing. Just look at the different parts. We have the same body parts. Why are ours so different? What happens when we just do a change, when we have a change like pregnancy? Everything that we have in an aesthetically pleasing way still becomes that way just in a different sort of style, okay, a different form. This seems like our, our um, waist. Okay, when we have the hips and the breasts and the waist, we have a form that men don't have. The curvature of our legs and our shoulders and our neck, our faces are much more interesting. We can all definitely agree that. We have features, beautiful features. Okay, so now if we're thinking about the beauty, actually, have you seen an aesthetically pleasing woman, right? If you just looked at her face and her body, you said, wow, she is definitely something to look at. The minute she starts talking and she is rude or selfish, egocentric, when she's confrontational, yeah, what happens to her beauty? (laughs) What happens to her appearance? You know what? It doesn't even matter that she looks good. To the eye, she becomes a very ugly soul. And that's repulsive to everybody, men and women. Okay, well, you know what? Four things that he said a, a woman could have in a negative way. Well, I provided the four things that, you know what, ladies, we have to offer. They're priceless. Interesting. How much would you pay? As a man, how much would you pay to have a woman who is the way that I described? As a woman, how much would you pay? to be that way. Okay, well, think about this first. Now, when you're thinking about how many of those four qualities, okay, let's just be realistic and honest. Every woman has at least one. Some have two. Very few have three, and almost none have four, simply because the lifestyle that we have now does not give us the opportunity to be, to do and be all of the things that maybe inside we genuinely want to. We just don't have that freedom and that opportunity. Well, okay, you know what? Let's actually quantify the value of who we are and what we do relative to what other people think we're worth. And it's unfortunate because there are other ways to do this, but the world that we live in really does put a dollar value on things in order to decide what something is worth And they make that determination, well, if it's expensive, then yeah, it's definitely worth more. We all know that's not true. There are certain things that are very expensive, and quite frankly, they're garbage. And then there are some things in life that cost very, very little pennies on the dollar relative to other things. But they're a word I like to use, priceless. Yeah, they're definitely of high value, just not a dollar amount. Okay, so thinking about, like I said, we're going to go ahead and just put it in the context of money. What are women worth? Ladies, what do you think you're worth? And gentlemen, what would you pay to have an amazing lady? I've divided it up into kind of percentages. 
Now, we have a, the potential. Ladies, we have the potential to be so many amazing things. Let's talk about each one of them. Let's say you're only at 10%, right, of your full potential. Okay, well, that basically means that you're in survival mode. You are just about getting through the day. You don't mind being hurtful to others. You know what? That's not really worth anything. No one's going to be... No one's going to be interested in investing their time and money to spend with someone like like that. Okay, well, what if she's at, say, 25% of her full potential? You know what? She's probably worth about $10,000 because she's about physical gratification. That means she's fun and optimistic. She's, she's interesting. Well, that's still not much. So how about at 33%? Well, that means she's about physical functionality. Okay, well, she's confident. She's excited about getting things done. Yeah, I'd say that's worth $25,000. That's more than twice that 10000 and it's only 8% more. That's a nice return on the investment, the increase, right? Well, what if she's at 50%? Well, that's definitely worth twice as much at 33% because that means that she's inclined towards emotional balance. Wow, that means she's genuinely joyful and resourceful as a woman because she has access to her potential. When a woman is emotionally balanced, she has the ability to be more successful in life and enjoy the success that she has. Well, what if she's at 60% of her true potential? Well, then she's inclined towards emotional strength, not just the balance, because the balance is simply the foundation. It's the beginning of success. The strength, along with that balance, in the context of that balance, is more useful because then she becomes generous and satisfied with that fruitage. Yeah, that's 60%. I think that's worth $100,000. That's twice what she's worth when she's only at 50%. Okay, well, let's bring it up 10% more, 70% of her potential. Really good quality woman there. That's mental engagement. She needs to be emotionally balanced and emotionally strong and mentally engaged. That means she has calmness, not just satisfaction, but true humility as well. You have to be mentally engaged in order to be aware of what's going on inside of your own body and your own heart and your own mind. That requires humility and calmness, true peace. Okay, well, you know what? I think that's definitely worth a quarter of a million dollars. Okay, now let's just stop here. If we're talking about money, if we're talking about a quarter of a million dollars that you think someone else, if you just ask someone on the street, what would you give to have the person in your life who is the way that I just described? Do you think they're worth a quarter of a million dollars? Yeah. That would mean 10 years of $25,000. Well, that would mean 25 years of $10,000. If a person had to give give not only money but time in order to say, yeah, I deserve to have a person like that in my life and a person like that is worth my money and my time. Wow, 70% of your full potential, your capacity, that means you're a lot of really good things and you're worth a lot of money. But what if you were up to 80%? That's half a million dollars because mental strength is involved after the engagement, that means you have not only the fortitude to, to carry out the thoughts that your mind has created and is genuinely vested in. You have the fortitude to carry out the decisions that you've made for an extended period of time in a consistent way. That means you have the physical and mental and emotional elements all going on, all working together. Yeah, that's worth half a million dollars. Do you think that a human could ever be worth that much money? Well, think about it. If they lived for, for 50 years in life to 100 years in life, 
let's quantify the value of, of days. Okay, well, you know, $10,000, that's $30 a day times 300 days in a year. You know what? $30. How much do you make at an hourly wage? $15? That's two hours of work. Would you be willing to pay? Would you be willing to say to someone, I'm worth $30 a day? No, you know what? Actually, I'm worth $60 a day. Let's go ahead and move on to 80%. Let's think about this. The 80%, the the 500,000, actually 90% now. The difference between 80 and 90%. Now, 80 is about the mental. The lower ones are about the emotional. The lower ones are about the physical. 90%, that's spiritually inclined. That means that you're trusting and proactive. You trust people and you're willing to work with them in a positive and healthful way. What's that worth? If you ask someone, how much would you give to have someone like that? They wouldn't even hesitate and say, that person's worth a million dollars because all day, every day, what they would be doing would be healthy and good and beneficial, not only to them and the people around them, but to the world in general. Because again, the way that people affect people is not just immediate and it's not short term. It will have an immediate effect, but it will have a long-term consequence because everything that people are feeling and doing, thinking around us will inevitably manifest in some way, in some place, at some other time. So at 90%, you're inclined to spiritual growth. That means you're trusting and proactive because you have the mental strength and engagement. You have the emotional strength and balance. You have physical functionality. What about when you're truly at your full potential? Let's say 100% of what you have the capacity to do and be. That's priceless. That's spiritual fulfillment because it means that you're mindful and you're willing to do and be amazing things. Mindfulness, that means you know about things, about yourself and about others. You are aware on a profound level. You have a connection between your mind and heart and body. The synergy, the power of what you bring to people when you are with them is phenomenal. And that's why if you were to say to anybody, well, what's that worth? You know what? There's no way to quantify the value of that. You know that you are worth and other people know that you are worth more than money could ever buy. Do you believe that? Do you think that when you are good in some way, in some very fundamental, profound way, that you are worth the time. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and ask some very pointed and very profound questions. When it comes to you and what you are willing to invest in the way of time that I just quantified in the value of money, two or three hours a day, depending on how much your income is, do you think you're worth that time in the day? Well, think about this first question. Number one, do you believe truly in your heart of hearts, do you believe that you're worth the investment? Okay, wow. That's kind of a tough one, right? Worth the investment. Are you worth other people investing that much money, that much time in letting you become 100% of your full capacity or potential? How about you? Would you pay to have you in that state, on that level? Yes? No? How about most people? I don't know. I've never even thought about it in that way. And I certainly don't want to say that I'm worth it if it's going to mean that I'm more important than someone else or, you know, it's it's not that I'm better than, well, I don't because I'm worth it. I mean, what is really worth it? Okay, so you either are or you aren't. The world is not going to be a better place until people have that perspective of, yes, 
I'm worth it because what I create when I am in a high-quality state is exponentially better than what I am when I have not reached my full potential. Thinking about all of the good things that are created when we are really proactive and insightful and willing and receptive, those are things that are going to affect others same way that encourages us to work together and support each other and facilitate the maximization of other people in our lives that could be on a physical or mental or emotional level and there are things that the world needs in all three of those ways at all times okay well how about the second question and this is a little bit easier is a relationship even worth it because <laughs> you know what A lot of what I've been hearing lately, especially in talking more to people on the street and the general population as a casual conversation, a lot of people just say, you know what, I don't even want to waste my time. It's going to fail, and even if it doesn't, it's going to be a headache and a pain in the butt. So you know what, relationships just aren't worth it. Maybe I can get something superficial for a little while, you know, some pleasure. Kind of like that guy was trying to get me to do stuff with him that wasn't going to last a whole lot more than the time that he came in and out of my hotel room, pun intended. Okay, well, what about a relationship? Why? Do you know people don't even say till death do us part in their wedding vows anymore? What? Till death do us part? You know what? We're going to part. We, we kind of both know it's a matter of divorce. It's not really if. It's just a matter of when. Do you believe that a relationship is worth the investment of your time and your thoughts and your feelings and your money? Only you know the answer to that question. Okay, well, then how about just breaking it down into smaller pieces? Are people worth the work? Because how much much time really does go into working with people? Okay, well, there's different ways you've got to work with them. Sometimes we have to physically work with them. You know, like, say, in a business setting, in a, in a career, we have to work in an office. Sometimes we have to work with them in a domestic way. Sometimes we have to work with them as a family member. We have to be supportive and encouraging to them. Okay, well, is it worth it? Because what are you going to get out of it? Are you actually going to improve the situation? Is the relationship that you have with that person going to be fulfilling and satisfying for you, are you going to say, in the end, this is definitely something I want to do again with you. You were worth the time that I took, the energy that I put into it, the thought that I put into it. Because you know what? When we communicate, we have to think, but we also have to feel because the only way we're going to be truly motivated to do things is if we're emotionally vested in them because they take time and they take energy. And we do have to put in the the force to think at the same time that we feel, well, that in itself is a job. Well, uh, are people worth the work? If you're really honest with yourself, you might realize, no, you know what, you don't really think so. And that is going to sabotage not only the relationships that you have, but it's going to undermine your potential to have more and better ones in the future. Okay, well, let's kind of look at it from the perspective, sticking with the illustration that I use, is time worth more than money? Okay, well, that's... That's a very specific yes or no question, but there are a lot of different facets and different features about time and about money. Well, they're very different things, but when we actually consider money is a tough thing to to obtain sometimes, you have to do the work, but time we have been given. We've all been given the exact same amount of time for free every single day. All we know is that we spend our time doing what matters to us. Is time worth more than money? The fact is we can always get more money. Once the time is gone, it's gone. Yes, we get more time the next day, but the opportunities 
that we have had might be gone. And the relationships that we may have had might be over. There are a lot of things that we can do with people and alone. When you think about how you spend your time, are you proactive? Are you mindful? Are you optimistic and willing to be resourceful and creative in the way that you, a man or a woman, interact with people, the same sex or the opposite sex? Is time worth more than money to where you could say, you know what, I really don't want to go to work right now. I don't want to do this extra job right now, right, taking on more and more and more and more. I want to spend the time that I have on the people or on myself to become a higher quality so that when I do the work, it's more satisfying, it's more gratifying, and I am fulfilled having less, less materially, less monetarily. That is key to spirituality. Okay, so how about number five? Do you know how to care for you? How to take care of yourself? What are the things that you actually need? What are the things that you need the most? Yes, we all need food, clothing, shelter, and rest. Safety. Okay, so that could be, (laughs) again, we could break that down monetarily. A certain number of hours of income, we have to have a certain amount of money and different um, skills and abilities and things. Okay, but taking care of you, there are different needs that you have in different ways at different times. First of all, are you aware of what you need, different, unique from anybody else? Are you aware of who you are? Do you believe that taking care of yourself in those different ways is vital to the other ways that you are built? Taking care of yourself physically, yeah, that can do something for you mentally. When you take care of yourself emotionally, yeah, that has a huge benefit physically. Well, when we're talking about taking care of ourselves Sometimes that means reaching out for help. A big part of taking care of yourself is being vulnerable and honest about your true needs, not only with yourself, but with the people in your life, because who they are is very, very important. It is vital to the success of humanity as a whole. That includes you. One of the things that has just really saddened me so much lately is, like, for example, when I was staying in a shelter, so many of the experts and the authorities and the employees were telling the residents that, don't let it bother you. Don't let it bother you. Just don't worry about it. And a lot of the people that were staying there said, but I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. I don't care. It's not my problem. All right. Well... That right there is toxic because we care very much about people. We do have needs. We do need for the people around us to be happy. There is more joy in giving than there is in receiving. Yeah, we do actually need to give to people in the form of reception and acceptance being grateful for the gifts that they give us. You know what? We don't even need those things from them. The gift that they have extended to us is a huge part of their happiness, receiving that gift and then appreciating not only what it is in and of itself, but what it came from when you have the insight to say, thank you for that gift that you gave me. Thank you for being that thing that you are. You are a very important part of why the world is a good place. Yeah, you know what? Taking care of yourself also means being able to say to someone, I have a need and I know that you are abundant in this particular resource. Would you please help me? You know what? They could say no. You're very vulnerable when you reach out for help. 
but vulnerability is a source of strength. And that doesn't sound like it makes any sense, but again, think about this. When you say you don't care about people and it's not your problem, you are not only rejecting the potential good that they have to bring to you, but you're also denying the very real need that you have. We need to be needed, and we have to give in order to feel fulfilled. So when we say, this is my need, you can take an inventory of your friends and family members who's really good at this particular thing, who's really good at this other particular thing, what are their different needs. Again, a lot of that is about their personality. Some of it is about their personal situation and circumstance. Some of it's about their personal issues and problems. If you know what you're about and you know what other people are about, you can actually say, you know what, (laughs) I'm at 33% right now. I really would like to get up to 60, 70, 80%. I need this and this and this. Could you help me out? You have just improved the quality of their soul by extending that offer and then accepting their gift and then appreciating the value of the synergy that you just created by taking that step. If you know enough about yourself, then you can say, well, great, I'm very mindful. If you don't, you need a little bit of information. Next week, I'm going to go ahead and extend the, the open forum to all of my listeners. But on Sunday, the show is going to be, again, about Myers-Briggs. So I'm going to go really quickly over the different elements of personality. This will help you know what your profile is. I'm not going to go into each of the profiles, just the different dichotomies. When you know your true nature, that gets rid of about 80% of the questions in your mind because the, the possibilities are infinite but your nature is inclined toward one or the other. Okay, so the first dichotomy is about your social energy. You're either an introvert or an extrovert. Now, a lot of people use those terms in a social way, unfortunately, because (laughs) in the terms of Myers-Briggs, they're very specific. Okay, an introvert is someone who gets their energy from inside themselves and they spend it on other people. An extrovert is someone who gets their energy from other people and spends it on themselves. That's not selfish because it's important for extroverts to be out there in the world absorbing the energy and then also giving it away. So just real quickly, what are the the checklist questions, the general questions that I help people to determine, I use to help people determine what they are, okay? There's a couple that I like. First of all, best one to ask how many friends do you have? Okay, now that's, that's a pretty easy answer. Extroverts have hundreds and thousands of friends from birth to death. They like people. There's a fr- okay, well, you know what? Introverts like a lot of people, and they appreciate a lot of people, and they interact with people. You know what? But they don't consider someone a friend unless they're very, very special. Okay? They can have great relationships with a lot of people, but friendship is an intimate and special thing. You know what? If an extrovert likes you, you're friends. Okay. The next question is, when you have a conversation and you're interrupted, how much does it bother you? Extroverts don't even realize that they've been interrupted because they go ahead and keep talking. Introverts aren't like that. They don't like that. They don't appreciate it, and they don't do it. Okay. The third one is, how loud do you get when you're talking, just in a conversation? Extroverts don't realize how loud they're getting because when they get excited, they get really loud and people love to be, okay, an introvert can say, I really need you to keep the volume down to be quiet earth. <laughs> they don't like to yell unless they're very upset. And you know if they're yelling, it means they're very worked up. Okay, that's simple enough. The second letter of your personality is about your general focus. You're either sensory or intuitive. People who are sensory... Focus on external things more than internal ones. Intuitives are very much about their internal world of their thoughts and their feelings. Okay, because we've got both worlds going on. 
all day, every day, all the time at the same time. The question is not which world of yours is more active. The question is what do you focus more on? It's your sensory. You're about things that are tangible, things that are immediate, and things that are short-term. If you're an intuitive, you're about the big picture. You're about long-term, and you're about how things are created, connected to each other. Thoughts and feelings. Okay, some questions about that are, if there's something going on around you, do you want to be involved in it? Are you aware of all of the things that are involved in that, that thing, that event, that experience? Well, you know what? An intuitive could have things going on around them that they're just in their own mind and they're in their own world. They could be looking right at something and not see it. <laughs> they see everything and they hear everything. They smell everything. They taste everything, which leads me to my second question. If you have the opportunity to try a new food, how much would you love the experience or the opportunity enough to actually eat that food, even if it's kind of gross, you're suspected? Yeah, an intuitive would say, I'm not really into that. I'll go ahead and pass on this one. A sensor would say, yeah, I'm trying it. I want that stimulation. And Wow, that was horrible. And maybe I need to take another bite. <laughs> and my favorite one is, how much do you remember places and faces you know what sensors don't get lost when they're driving around the block you know what intuitive can go to the same place thrice and not remember what was on the right and what was on the left like i said they could be looking right at something when they open the cupboard and uh they don't see it the third one is about how you make decisions are you a thinker or a feeler does it mean you're emotional it doesn't mean you're smart just means thinkers are about what the information is, what the facts are. Feelers are about taking care of needs. The perceiver and the judger is how you carry out your decisions. Well, that's going to be talked about next week. Actually, this coming week, Sunday, next week, we're going to go ahead and open up the phone line and respond to people who have made those, those statements, those questions, pose the questions on BBS radio under my show, the power of synergy. We'll talk to you then.